P-S-N-Y. have permission to record look at that way look ahead of that. the game huh yeah it's fantastic i am having the worst week just the worst week of all time it's only tuesday i'm like i'm done with this week same yeah. same though like absolutely saying i was supposed to go on vacation at the end of this week and unfortunately my plans had to change so it wasn't really a vacation it was more of like a staycation where you just didn't work you just stayed home did nothing correct Ugh. I love those. That's what I, I mean. That's what I did today, involuntarily. Um, I, as you probably know, we got hit by a pretty bad storm today, and yes. I've been, yeah. I so my lease ran up last week in my apartment, so I moved back to my parents' house while I'm looking for a new place, uh, and they're getting the floors redone in my room and all the rooms in the in the upstairs. Um, so instead of settling in there, I had to go to my cousin's house, stay there for a couple of days. And then this storm today knocked out their power for like two days and I'm working from home. So I really need the internet. Uh, and now I have to wake up at like, I have to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning tomorrow to, to take a shower at our house before the floor guys get there. And I'm just, I'm just so tired. I spent, I, I mean, I spent five hours today just waiting for the power to come back just to find out that it wouldn't it's been a rough one it's been a rough one so that was the uh boring portion of our podcast presented by james <laughs> thank you james pretty much pretty much yeah. um no, there right. was a, there was also a full moon yesterday so that always i don't know how you feel about full moons but they're they the look worst. really cool they look really the bad worst. in pictures you can't take picture of a full moon for god knows what reason if you work in a healthcare field, you understand what I'm talking about. Full moons are the worst. It's just absurd how much it affects people. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I could I could never imagine why. I could never imagine how much. Uh, whatever. We're both having shitty weeks, so let's Yay! let's do a podcast. All right, this is episode 66 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast, presented by Elite Sports, uh, Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC, still doing takeout. They have outdoor seating. Uh, if you're in Astoria, check them out. They will serve you alcohol if you buy food. So I'm not saying you need to have drinks to have fun, uh, but drinking certainly helps with that. And they can serve you drinks, unlike literally anywhere else in New York right now. So listen, I wanted to lead off with a certain topic. Do you like that baseball talk there? Um, yes, a little bit. <laughs> So it's not specifically about the Yankees, but you mentioned Queens and I just had to, had to say something. Oh yeah. Um, the whole Ioannis Cespedes situation was very peculiar and it really made me realize just how dumb our cross city brothers are. Yeah. I, I'm still confused about what happened. Um, Cause I mean, I'm watching the games on, what was it, Sunday? I'm just watching the games casually, and it comes up, hey, Yoenis know, Suspa just didn't show up today and didn't tell anyone why he didn't show up. The Mets released that, like, official statement and all day. People are, are worried for Yoenis Suspa's safety because, I mean, 
He's a Cuban defector. There's all these rumors that it was a cartel that got him here. So people are wondering, like, is something shady going on with that? I mean, it's kind of weird to just not show up. Like, Matt Harvey didn't show up one time. He was just hung over. They said that they checked his room and he wasn't there. He was completely packed and just gone. I was like, this is, this is the strangest Sunday afternoon of all time. Let's refrain from making jokes until we know he's okay. And then we found out he was okay and he had just opted out of the season. Didn't tell anybody, allegedly. I've been watching a lot of Unsolved Mysteries. So I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. Like, this is the plot of an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Like, the strange disappearance. And I think the part that really got to me was that the Mets released this statement and it literally had no, like, empathy or anything. It was just, so it was just like, like, he didn't show up. He didn't show up, and all all attempts to contact him have be, have been futile. So, oh well. <laughs> yeah, just get on with the game then. Right. It's like, whoa, whoa just, back up a second, back up a second. Where the fuck is your own assessment is? The first thing I thought was like, of course, this is such a Mets thing. But then I was like, he could actually be in trouble. Like, he could be in some serious danger I mean, right now. This is the guy that broke his ankles from falling into holes. Like. Can you just imagine? And I was very concerned, but the Mets didn't seem very concerned. And then we find out after the game, supposedly his agent told the Mets prior to the game and his teammates knew about it. And yet they released that statement. Like, I'm sorry, how is this organization running? I don't. That's that's the part that really got me though. Because it was uh, Brandon Nimmo came out and said, yeah, I knew he was opting out of the season. A bunch of other people knew he was opting out of the season. And when they were just on this search for Ioannis Cespedes, like they're at the ballpark and they're like, hold on a sec. Wait, I, don't, I don't think Ioannis is here today. Anybody, you know, where Ioannis is? And nobody was like, he told all of us yesterday he's opting out. Very, very weird. Like the whole situation is weird. But in the very beginning, I was just like, my heart just like stopped. I was like, oh my God, is he okay? And yet, yeah, you just assume the worst. You're like, yeah, hey, this I, guy just didn't show up. This is not good. Right, right. I mean, there there could have been so many different things that happened. Like, he could have gone out and gotten drunk and done something stupid. Like, he really could have. He's that kind of guy sometimes. Like, he is. But, I, ooh, just, just a weird situation. And it really made me laugh after I found out everything was okay, of course. But that the New York Mets handled it this way and released a statement said, by the way, He's missing. We haven't been able to contact him. Play ball. Yeah, and they also they also that morning traded for Billy Hamilton. Uh, so they went out and they traded for an outfielder. And then all of a sudden, Joanna Cespedes is missing and nobody knows why. Are you going to tell me nobody in the organization was like, hey, there's a reason we traded for this guy. It's because Joannis is opting out of the season. Like We didn't just say, you know what, Billy Hamilton, I think that's the guy to really put us over the edge because he's not. Billy Hamilton is only good for the extra innings rule. He's not good at anything else, really. Not anymore. And it's just Billy Hamilton. It's almost like Brody just literally went to Ioannis's. Yeah, Ioannis's. That's such a weird thing. Went to Ioannis's hotel room that night, and they got in an argument, and, you know, a a lover's tiff, if if you would say. Um, And then something happened, and all of a sudden he's gone missing. And so they're like, yeah, let's go get Billy Hamilton, and let's play this off. Like, we definitely did that just as a coincidence. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, to have a he said, she said kind of debate with the Mets right now and Ioannis Cespedes with everything that's going on is like, 
I mean, read the room, Mets. Read the room. Like, don't pretend that you didn't know he was opting out because you went and traded for Billy Hamilton. Somebody somewhere knew. And when he didn't show up, somebody somewhere could have just spoken out loud to literally anybody and said, hey, I talked to Yo yesterday. He doesn't want to take part in the season because his, his mother is sick and he doesn't want to risk getting coronavirus. And it's just, nobody did? Nobody? I mean, maybe the Mets were just trying to get some attention because clearly their um, actual skill on the ball field is not garnering much attention with their four and seven record. But wh- who am I to judge, right? Who am I? Yeah, no, the, it, it, it looks real bad for the Mets right now. Uh, although yesterday they did give Jacob DeGrom run support for the first time in his career. Uh, it was, must have been just an eye-opening revelation. Uh, probably regrets signing that huge extension now. Like, I wonder if it would feel like this if I went to another team and they gave me run support every time I pitched. I feel like that would have been pretty cool. What happened? Did you lose me? Did you lose me? You lost me for a second there? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. I can figure out a way to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, sorry. I just had to open that up with the Mets cause it was such a weird Metsy situation and it was the talk of the town on Sunday. So I just kind of wanted to address that, um, and say, sorry, little bro, like bad move, bad move classic it's just classic Mets it's just you have to expect them to do stupid things like this like they knew that Ioannis Cespedes was opting out and they released a press statement that says he's just missing we have no idea where he is and we can't get in contact with him like that seems like something that you might want to you have to he has to really be missing he he has to really be missing like we have already gone to his hotel room we've called his agent we've called anyone we can get a hold of that might know where Ioannis Cespedes is and none of them answered us or none of them know like they could have just called his agent immediately and been like hey like yo didn't show up to the ballpark today you don't know where he is do you and he'd been like yeah he's opting out I told you that last night yeah exactly there there are definitely systems of checks and balances that just either got ignored or something happened. I don't really know. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the superior New York team. Oh, right the now, Yankees are hot. The Yankees are hot. And one. Eight and one. And in a regular 162 game season, my math may be wrong. That it's, equates to about, you know, like a 23 to 23 wins, four losses ish. Yeah. It's uh, what are we on now? A seven game win streak. That's yes, 14 plus another 0.7. I don't know. I'm bad at math, but Oakland A's, we're coming for that 20 games. I'm just going to say that. Um, Absolutely. They look great. I mean, the lineup itself is just completely absurd. And people will say, well, well, if it was uh, Jet Reddick, you know, um, she would basically say, oh, well, you beat Little League teams, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, any win over the Boston Red Sox is still a win over the Boston Red Sox. Um, any win over the Phillies is still a win over the Phillies. I'm taking these wins, and I'm running with it. Absolutely, and the Phillies was so weird because they hadn't – I mean, I was impressed that they even scored three runs because they haven't played baseball in a week. That's a huge deal to just – and they're not even practicing. They can't practice as a team because of the coronavirus scare with the stupid-ass Marlins. They were just, they 
did nothing, nothing at all. And they still managed to get three runs off Garrett Cole. So, uh, oh, one run off Cole, two runs off who came in. Was it Avalon? No, Krisky. Brooks Krisky. Yeah, it was Brooks. Brooks Krisky, who got sent down today. Yeah, immediately sent down after that. Yeah, but uh, so you know, that was, that's, that that's was kind of impressive the for them to come back from that. Uh, but also just a, a wire to wire Yankees win. That was never in doubt. Uh, I don't think the Boston games weren't really ever in doubt except. Uh, the seven six the game. back and forth one, honestly. Yeah, that was that was. I thought the winning streak might end there. All winning streaks end eventually. Uh, this winning streak will probably end on Wednesday in a doubleheader because sweeping a doubleheader is just not something the Yankees do. They just never. They always actually, split. Them. I have some stats. Oh, stats. Not available at the moment. I'm gonna have to look them up. But okay. I definitely looked up some stats about doubleheaders because I thought the same thing. However, the past couple of years, they've actually been pretty good at sweeping doubleheaders, which is all right, all right. something that I'm not used to. Yeah, um, that's, it, that's like a really, it's a really tough thing to do because oh, you yeah. use all your best guys in one game to win that game. And then, you know, you're looking at the second, second game and you're like, all right, well, I guess Chad Green can open for us. And then maybe Nick Nelson can give three innings. Maybe call Brooks Krisky back up, get him two more innings. Like you just have no one left for the second game and you just tend to lose that game. Right. Well, the New York Yankees are quite literally a force and it's embarrassing for all these other teams. Like up and down the lineup, of course there are players that have struggled. Gary Sanchez has certainly struggled, but it's the beginning of August. So all good things coming, all good things. He's had some better um, at bats. Some uh, yesterday he looked really bad. Yesterday's at bats were not good. Um, but August first, I know he got his first hit in his first at bat in August. Uh, I love that. Had a lot of really good at bats. Worked a couple walks this weekend. He looks just a little bit better. It's still coming around in the hitting department, though. And of course, Brett Gardner has been struggling. But then again, he hit two home runs, so I had to re- I had to record two videos. By the way, the second video was easily the best because I was trying to record <laughs> my reaction live. So I had the camera on. I was like, oh, this would be a good time. I'm eating a bagel. So I'm like sitting there just, you know, chowing down on a bagel. And I start choking as the ball goes to the outfield. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way that's gone. Andrew McCutcheon said the same thing. And then literally they're like, oh, that, that's gone. To left field too. Brett Gardner to left field. Oppo. I mean, he just doesn't do that. <laughs> ever that's like such a rarity um yeah so that was that was certainly interesting um however there have been some really really hot players of course Aaron Judge with his five homers in what was it five games I think it's six homers in five games he got got two one incredible um so for all the people that were worried about Aaron Judge myself included I'm not quite as worried his swing looks back to the way it was back in early 2018 before he got injured um I feel good pulling the ball again pulling the ball right down the line uh last year I couldn't believe we were complaining about this last year but last year everyone was complaining about oh he hits all his homers to the opposite field like, okay, there's, first of all, they're still homers. Second of all, I kind of want a player who can go opposite field at Yankee Stadium. That is a huge advantage. DJ LeMayhew. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. And DJ LeMayhew has, he's been kind of streaky, but he's come through when we needed him. Um, a lot of leadoff home runs, which I love to see. Um, however, the one I'm most impressed with this week, of course, is Gio, Gio Urshela. 
Absolutely. Gio has been, he's, he's doing the Luke Voigt from 2019. He's proving that he's not a fluke. He actually is this good. He just needed a real opportunity to showcase uh, his skill set, his power, his defense, which just looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, he even garnered some high praise from A-Rod saying that he might be the best third baseman in baseball. Uh, let's, I mean, let's hit the brakes. Let's hit the brakes for a second. Yeah. Uh, I love Gio but he's not quite the best third baseman in baseball. I love him. I'm very comfortable with him at third base. But as Yankee fans, you know, we kind of suffered for a few years. We had Chase Headley over at third, and every time the ball got hit to him, you had to worry about whether it was going to end up in the press box. Uh, Miguel Andujar double-clutching on literally everything. And it's just we've had some really terrible defensive third baseman. So even if Gio Urshela is just average by the numbers, I mean, that looks like Matt Chapman to me right now. Yeah. I've I've been really impressed with, especially last night, Gio had some amazing defensive plays. And even though there were a couple of them, he just made great stops. He couldn't get the runner, but amazing stops and keeping the ball in the infield, which is key, especially with runners on base. So I'm content with Gio defensively, offensively hit his first grand slam, and then he hit a massive three-run home run last night, right before the skies broke open. And I've loved watching him play his entire time in the Bronx, but especially this year, I feel like he has come into his own and he feels a lot more confident. Yeah. And I just, I mean, we got him for 25,000 from, from the Indians, $25,000. No, he was uh, the blue Jays, the blue Jays. Yeah, He was the blue Jays. Yep. But he definitely spent some time with the Indians and we can definitely thank them for his development. Passing on him. Thank God. Um, well, we, had a, we have a couple other hot hitters. Uh, we mentioned DJ LeMayhew before. Uh, just mostly singles, uh, that leadoff home run, that was really nice. Um, I liked seeing against the Red Sox, Aaron Boone went a little old school with it, even though the numbers say stealing probably isn't a good idea. Uh, he sent Mike Tockman to second base. He gets there, and then DJ just a nice little poke through the infield to score that tying run. Uh, which was fantastic, even more fantastic when Judge hit that home run as somebody who bet the Yankees minus one and a half. Uh, That was fantastic for me. I didn't think I was going to get that extra run. Uh, So that was, thank you, personal thank you to Aaron Judge. So why has DJ LeMahieu not been extended yet? What is the holdup here? I have to imagine he is just, he's at the point where he just doesn't want an extension yet. (laughs) Like he's, he's got what? a month and a half until he's a free agent, like a full-fledged free agent, and he could test the markets, uh, not including the postseason. So I guess three months until he's an actual free agent who's coming off the two best years of his career by far. Uh, I would probably roll those dice or say, let me see what else I can get. I'd prefer to stay with the Yankees. I think he, I think he really likes playing for the Yankees. I think he likes hitting to that short porch because he has that opposite of field approach. Um, but uh, let's squeeze every dime out of the Yankees we can. I'm not going to blame them for that. Go get your money, DJ. I mean, the machine is just on fire. I love watching him play. I love seeing him in the leadoff spot. He is such a good leadoff hitter. And the fact that he reminds me of Derek Cheater with his, his oppo swing is just so good. Yeah, so and listen. he's what we were missing. He's what we were missing in 2018 when we had all this problem bringing runners in and scoring position. Like, we were getting guys on first, and we were hitting home runs, and that's where the offense was coming from. But once you got guys on second and third, we couldn't bring them in with a single. That's, like, that's what he brings to the table. Him and Gio Urshela, for that fact. They both bring that to the table, where if there's ducks on the pond, they can find a way to get those guys in. 
So I have the stats for you. Um, so last year with double headers, they had seven double headers that they had to play. Lots of lot. rain last year. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, they swept six of them. Oh, six? Really? If you're thinking about it, though, you, you have to delve into the stats a little bit more. They, the ones they won were against Detroit, Baltimore, Boston, the Rays, the Royals, and Baltimore. But still. Right, that's a couple of good teams in there. Yeah, and really then just uh, the, the one that they split was to the Mets. So they haven't been swept in a doubleheader, but they split one to the Mets. I mean, it, it could be worse. I'm, yeah. I imagine we saw DeGrom in one of those as well. I imagine that's the game that we lost. Um, yeah. Don't really, yeah. Don't really have to, have to get DeGrom a lot of offense. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this week in general for the Yankees, obviously tonight's game got rained out, which is why we're in full-fledged focus mode here. Um, no game to distract us or anything, and um, there are lots of storms going on. Oh, I don't know about no games to distract us. I, I got Cleveland and Cincy and Tampa, Boston going right now, too. And I got a – what do we got? 20, 25 minutes until my Padres are on? We'll do a little Padres talk later. <laughs> You can talk. I will listen. Um, I'm still diehard Yankees, but I will join Padres Twitter. In fact, I love seeing all the different fans from different fan bases um, come up on my feed. And I like really, you know, seeing what they're all about. So I, I definitely enjoy it. Um, yeah, it is it is a lot of fun over there. Um, we did get so some bad news this week. Bad news? Which one? Uh, Tommy Canely. Tommy mm -hmm. Tight Pants going down for the season with a UCL injury. Uh, I don't know if they said if it was torn or what the exact deal was, but he is going for Tommy John surgery. Mm. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Well, when I first heard the news that they had information regarding Tommy Canely, I was concerned about COVID. Um, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. And then when they said injury, I'm like, oh, that's even worse. I should have thought of that first. Yeah, but I think a, a COVID DL stint would have been fine with me. Imagine having to have surgery on a season that really shouldn't be happening and could potentially end pretty soon. Yeah. And that's just, Oh, it's such a rough break for him too. And the, the way that they announced it was so weird. Cause we had, uh, I think it was last Wednesday that, or maybe it was last Thursday that we had David Hale in the, in the eighth inning. You're saying, mm -hmm. Oh, this doesn't really seem like the place for David Hale. We have a one run lead. Uh, I probably feel pretty comfortable with Tommy Canley coming in. So they asked, Aaron Boone after the game, hey, why didn't you put Tommy Canely in the game? He was rested. And he just said, we'll have more on that tomorrow. Ominous. Yeah. Super ominous. I hated that. And then it broke the next morning that he had forearm tightness. And that's, that's the dead giveaway for a UCL injury. And I was, oh, I broke down immediately. I was texting Josh. I was like, I know it's a UCL. Anytime anybody has forearm tightness, it's a UCL. And then sure enough. Lo and behold, very, very sad news. And um, definitely not what we wanted to hear, but looking at that bullpen, that bullpen is still pretty set. Pretty set. And we'll, eventually we'll get a Chapman back in there. Um, and then Zach Britton can return to the eighth inning role. I feel like we're really running on fumes with the bullpen right now. Uh, since Chapman's gone, Britton's been pitching, you know, he's been pitching kind of a lot. He's been pitching really well. Um, and Chad Green has been pitching a lot. Adam Adovino has been getting a lot of use. So we're just like barreling towards one of those days where he's like, I don't know. I, we don't really have anybody available, but David Hale to go for a six out save again. 
Well, I will tell you, though, Chad Green does better when he pitches more. He is one of those guys that can come out and give you multiple innings because he had that experience as a starter. Um, I was looking through his stats this morning, um, did determine that dating back to last year, his last 12 relief appearances, he only allowed just one run and he only allowed, I think it was about four hits, which is pretty great. Yeah, especially considering how he started last season. He was truly awful. So bad that he he ended up getting sent down to just work it out. Just like, hey, fix this and then come back, uh, which he did. And he was dominant once again. Right. So Chad Green, um, definitely a huge piece of that bullpen. And one of those guys that does enjoy and actually thrives on getting that type of work. Um, Adam Adovino is the one that I'm afraid of. I don't want him to get, get burnt out. And I really don't want Zach Britton to get burnt out. Um, but I have been enjoying seeing the three of them come out of the bullpen because the three of them are a pretty dynamic duo or du- tr- trio. Trio. Yeah. It's, it is, it is a lot of uh, different looks that you get through the lineup. You get Chad green. Who's going to gas you with the high fastballs, uh, Adam Adovino, who's going to throw that a wicked slider, absolutely wicked slider. And then Zach Britton with the sinker ball. So you're just uh, each time through the lineup, you're getting a completely different look. There's just no way you can, you can prepare to hit that. Yeah, I've uh, I've enjoyed watching watching the Yankees, especially because baseball is back, but more so because they're exciting to watch this year. Um, we have seen a lot of games this year that have really been pretty straightforward, nothing too like nail biting, except for the game against Boston, which even even so, like, wasn't entirely nail biting, but it was pretty exciting. Yeah, to me, it kind of felt like one of those games where you're like, okay, like the winning streak had to end eventually. This is a 7-6 game. I'm, I'm fine with the effort. The offense was fine. I wish the pitching would have been a little better, uh, but it is what it is. You can't win them all. And then we just came back and won it anyway because the Yankees are just the Yankees. They're just the Yankees. So, yes, um, Aroldis Chapman, just a, an injury update. He is down in Scranton at the alternative site. So he is down there getting some work in. Luis Sessa, I believe, pitched. I wasn't sure if it's a simulated game, um, but he threw about 40 pitches the other day. Uh, Looked good, felt good, which is great. Both of them were on the COVID IL, so hopefully they should be back up in the Bronx soon. And Luis Sessa is another great bullpen arm. So hopefully David Hale gets his work done, goes back down to the alternative site. You bring up Luis Sessa in his place. Absolutely. Uh, also on a, on a bullpen note, Nick Nelson. I mean, that guy is good. <laughs> I've enjoyed watching him too. And uh, Dan Federico, who used to work for uh, ESNY, he pulled out one of his old scouting reports and it was incredibly interesting to look at. I love looking at old scouting reports just because it's, you know, it's, yeah, no, no, it's tell me, tell me what you thought of this guy before we knew what he was. Me? I thought nothing of him. I didn't no, know the old scouting reports. Oh, hold on. I'm going like to the original one on Mike Trout was like, he's just not going to, he's not going to hit for a lot of power. He's probably not an everyday outfielder, uh, pretty good defense, pretty good speed, pretty good contact, but nothing really special. And then it turns out Mike Trout is Mike fucking Trout. Well, of course. I mean, everyone underestimated Mike Trout and then here he is, you know, he's got a baby by the way. Congratulations to the Trout family. Uh, I Absolutely. believe it was, Beckham, I don't remember his middle name, Beckham, but his initials Beckham are Aaron Trout. Bat, which is just, he's destined to be a baseball player. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll find that tweet for you. We'll go over it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, what else did we see this week that impressed you or made you scared? Uh, I am absolutely terrified of James Paxton right now. I, that is 
huge, huge problem if he's going to be this and not 95, 96 mile per hour, James Paxton. That four miles an hour makes a huge difference. It does. It does. He was, he was laboring um, and it is not a good look. Um, and you know he was struggling and you know that he was frustrated with the lack of velocity. Um, but it also doesn't do great things for his, uh, his free agency coming up. Absolutely. Not unless he, he picks that, that speed up. I mean, the fastball, that's his go-to pitch. And if you don't have your go-to pitch, your secondary pitchers are going to get smacked around. And it's just, he's not, he hasn't had this experience yet where you kind of start losing your stuff and you have to, you know, CC Sabathia, you got to learn the cutter. You got to learn the backdoor slider. You got to learn how to really pitch guys. He's always been able to get by where, hey, I'm a tall lefty. I gas 96 miles per hour, and I have this devastating knuckle curve. I can get outs here no matter when, no matter where. But this is the first time in his career that he's really had to be like, okay, like kind of got to tiptoe around this guy, maybe backdoor him, maybe get the fastball in on the hands. If it's a ball, it's a ball. Maybe he swings at it. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't have that yet. He doesn't have that knowledge of how do I pitch without good stuff. Well, maybe he can learn from Garrett Cole and Matt Blake. I mean, that's that's what they're there for, you know. Absolutely. Um, and Garrett Cole hasn't had his best stuff either yet. He was still he's still sitting at ninety five, mm-hmm. um, and he still I mean he still finds a way to get outs because he's a psychopath. He probably learned all of this stuff the day he got drafted. It's like let me look at the veteran pitchers and see what they do and and just mimic that. Except I'm going to do it at ninety eight instead of ninety. Yeah, um, looking at Garrett Cole too, like. The other thing is, you know, he's not ready yet. Aaron Judge says he's not fully locked in yet. Like, that was absurd. That was what? absurd. <laughs> Six home runs in five games. Yeah, I think I'm still getting there. That is just, like, hearing him say that made me laugh so hard. I was like, oh, so, okay. I wonder what you're like when you're fully, fully locked in. Yeah, what is this going to look like? Please, yeah. share. I would really like to know. But, yeah, it's... um. It's definitely a, it's definitely been an interesting season so far, but it's been a fun one. I've really enjoyed watching them play and, you know, there's a couple of scary parts there, but overall the team looks really solid. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch the team when they're eight and one. Yeah. (laughs) Makes it easier. Oh man. Um, All right. Just cleaning up the Yankee stuff. Uh, Montgomery and Tanaka made their debuts for this season since our last podcast. Uh, I was pretty pleased with both of them. Tanaka had a, had a pretty steady pitch count. And he wasn't going to go too high. I think this week he's scheduled to throw 65 pitches. Uh, so we'll see how he looks then. Um, what else we got? Oh, CC Sabathia threw out the first pitch to Garrett Cole, and it didn't go too well. <laughs> and he had to defend himself on Instagram and say, guys, I just had shoulder surgery. Plus, he also lost a ton of weight. So I'm sure that he probably is still trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, he's got to learn his new body. It's like, I don't know. I right. usually, I can feel my, my gut turning when I pitch and I just don't feel that right now. Cause I'm absolutely shredded just six months after ending professional baseball. Uh, so no, no blame to him. No blame to him. It happens. It happens. Right. Right. Absolutely. It happens to the best of us. And to feel the need to have to defend himself, Cece, listen, dude. You don't owe us anything. You're a future Hall of Famer. You know what? Relax a little bit. Throw a few balls. If you want, throw at the Astros. I don't really care. Just relax. You're fine. That would have been, I feel like throwing a first pitch, you just, 
you can't try to throw hard. You really have to just lob it in there unless you're absolutely positive you're going to throw a strike. Like you saw right. like Anthony Fauci's first pitch for the Nationals. Like he really tried to throw it and he just didn't know how to do it. Like if you're going to do that, you can't, you can't go from the mound, first of all. You have to go from the grass. You just can't go from the mound. And you really have to just lob it in straight. You can't allow yourself to look like 50 cent out there. I think the best part of that is the the Twitter reactions. One of my favorite ones was was basically they said, "This guy is just out here not wanting you wanting anyone to catch anything, and you think he's gonna change that for you, assholes?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Absolutely. We also had a little bit of a scare at the first pitch with the Yankees. We're not gonna get into it. It was a big scare though. Didn't like it. Big scare. Big, big scare. scare. But- uh, luckily, false alarm. So we we don't have to worry about that. All right. What else do you got for the Yankees? Um, not a whole lot. Just of course, um, yesterday Brett Gardner. We talked about the opposite field home run, um, improbable one. The first one, by the way, was a bomb into the. Yeah, it was a good shot. Field. It was a bomb. Um, but this one, <laughs> uh, last night Phil Hughes immediately tweeted after the home run, and he basically said. If Brett Gardner is hitting opposite fields home runs, then we have a problem with the baseballs. And somebody printed it out and put it on his clubhouse chair. So during the oh, rain, he goes down in the clubhouse chair and he sees that. And Brett Gardner's response to that was, yeah, I don't know who did it, but I have a ton of pranks up my sleeve. So, you know, I'll get them back. Oh, oh, this is misdirected anger, Brett. You're supposed to be mad at Phil, your former teammate, who was like, listen, if if Brett Gardner can hit one out, Oppo, these balls are juiced as fuck. He can never be angry. You can never be angry at Phil Hughes. He is just funny. He's just a funny guy. So, I miss but, I miss the you up tweets. I don't think he does them anymore. Those were the no, best. I, know. I used to actually, I set my notifications specifically for those tweets. So when they popped up in the middle of the night, if I was already up, I would get up and be like, oh, Phil Hughes just tweeted. I was like, yes, I got to respond right away. <laughs> I was a, uh, I was a psychopath for those tweets. Yeah. I mean, it was just great content, really natural content too. He just tweeted you up one night and he was like, you know what? Everyone kind of responded to this. I think I'm just going to keep doing it. Okay, but you know why? He only responded back to the people when they ask a silly question. Well, who asks a serious question on Twitter? This is just not the place. Unless you're like a credentialed beat reporter just stating facts, Twitter is not the place to just be rational. I think we've learned that over the years. I'm trying to find one of my question tweets that I said. Oh, Phil Hughes. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I also kind of agree with him though. If, if Brett Gardner is hitting opposite field home runs, I mean, he didn't just, he didn't really get all of that either. He just kind of stuck the bat out and it went, it was, it's not a good look. Strong winds. It's windy out here. Strong winds carrying that ball out to left field. So one time Phil Hughes said, you up? And I said, I'm awake for Phil Hughes's nightly quote, you up tweet. I can die happily. He said, you've done it. So I he think he's it. trying to tell me to die. Ooh, I don't, I don't like that take. I, I think he was just proud of you for being awake for the you up tweet because, you know, he's on the West Coast now. This and is if, true. There's, if there's anything I've learned about being a, a newly minted Padres fan, uh, West Coast time, it's just fake. It's just fake out there. Who is, I mean, it's the worst. The games don't even start until 10 o'clock. 
I'm staying up till two o'clock in the morning. I have a day job. Yeah, which basically you're already watching baseball during the day, technically. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not good. They should make all the games on the West Coast should be afternoon games, and Phil Hughes should tweet you up way earlier so that the people on the East Coast actually are up. Well, it's more impressive when you're up at one or two in the morning, you know? Yeah, but I never I never got there. I never got Listen. to a Phil Hughes you up tweet. I was always asleep. <laughs> so I was awake occasionally, and I'll tell you, one of the nights I was awake was the night that the Stanton trade happened because I was awake just constantly refreshing my Twitter, refreshing my, Twitter, refreshing my Twitter, and literally I get the tweet, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm up for the tweet. It was great. You made it. You made it. I did it. I did it. And you even got the props from Phil Hughes. Like, way to go, Allison. You did it. He's responded to me a couple of times. We're, the, we're buds. We're old queen, friends. The you queen know? of Yankees Twitter. We're old friends. Yankees Twitter, exactly. And in fact, I still would like to say that I am one of the OGs of Yankees Twitter. I will gladly say that. OGs. OGs for sure. You got the OG verification from, from Keith. Right, That's a big exactly. One. That's all I like, need. Yeah, Allison's, Allison's been in this game. You came up in the game. Allison created it. You got that right. Absolutely. Uh, all right, what else? You got anything else for the Yankees? Uh, no, just uh, yet another doubleheader tomorrow. That's what we're looking forward to. Um, and, yeah, that's really it. All right, well, I guess we'll move on to a little bit of general M- MLB then. A little bit of general sure. M- MLB. We have uh, – First thing on the list that I wrote down was Yoenis Cespedes is going missing. I think we covered that one pretty well. Oh, yeah, we did. I think we got there. Uh, second one, John Heyman had an absolute meltdown. All right, so I missed this. You're going to have to explain to me. Okay, so first of all, I'll be very clear. I'm not a big fan of John Heyman. I don't, I don't like the way that he treats, you know, John Boy media. Uh, and just – Beyond that, just anybody who's not like this verified credentialed beat reporter for some major site, he just, he looks down on them and he doesn't give them credit when they break stories. And he says, well, you're not a real reporter, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just don't like that. It rubs me the wrong way. Uh, mostly because I am that. So if I ever broke a story and then John Heyman stole it, I would be pretty mad. And I'd tweet at John Heyman that, Hey, John, I'm pretty mad. I broke this story. Um, but someone was just getting in his mentions constantly. Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what he was calling. He was just being mean in his mentions. And then John Heyman DM'd him, like, what's your number? I can tell you're afraid to get yelled at. And he just, like, lost it on this guy and ended it with a, a huge fuck you. And I'm just like, John. I did see this. I did see this. Yeah, John, yeah, you work for MLB Network. You can't be out here in the, in the Twitter streets doing this. But he's just going to keep doing it because he can. I mean, but he can't, though. Like, Adrian Adrian Wojnarowski got suspended from ESPN for writing fuck you in an email to a congressman. (laughs) Okay, like, that's one thing. But, like, this was not John Heyman's only incident. He was going off on everybody. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely, I see the, uh, yeah, I see the DM. Ends with a pleasant go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, John Heyman, just just act a little bit maturely. Uh, also, speaking of go fuck yourselves, when I was moving out, somebody stole my air conditioner from the lobby in my building. Uh, I had to, I mean, I just left a little note the next day, whoever jacked my air conditioner, go fuck yourself. Uh, but I was very upset and 
yeah, that was it. It was just a little anecdote. Oh, okay. Thank you for sharing. Uh, the Red Sox are super bad. Like, really, yes. really terrible this year. Correct. But you know who looks really, really good is uh, Rafael Devers. True. I got no complaints about Devers uh, as long as he's not winning games against the Yankees. Uh, he is a lot of fun to watch. He's a really good kid, 23 years old, worked really hard on his defense last year. He used to be just as bad defensively as Miguel Andujar, and now he's, he, I think he's ranked fourth in AL third baseman for outs above average. And that's just a very impressive turnaround. Uh, made, a, made a couple of really happen. nice plays against the Yankees this weekend. Miracles can happen, that's for sure. So, you know what? Anyone who's given up on Miguel Andujar and his defense, as long as he works at it, let him keep working at it. You just never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Andujar got torched, absolutely torched this weekend when he, uh, he let a grounder go under his glove in left field. And, I mean, rightfully so. He sh- probably should have made that play. But, oh, boy, were people torching him. Oh, yeah. They well, wanted you know Clint Frazier out there instead. They were like, Clint Frazier would give us better defense. Here we go. No. Don't even – no. You don't can't come back around on Clint like that. You can't do it. Don't entertain this kind of behavior because people are going to say that, and then Clint Frazier is going to come back, and they're going to be like, oh, we missed Miguel Andujar and left. Like, no. You got to no. pick one. Pick one. Or, you know what? Pick both and support your entire team. Ah! Is that what a crazy that concept. Right? I mean, we always come back to it. It's like, what a crazy concept it is to root for the players on your own team. Right, exactly. Instead of being like, ah, you suck. Take Brett Gardner out of the lineup. Brett Gardner comes in and hits two home runs in two days. Okay, you want to take him out now? Dude, cheer for your team. If your team sucks right now, Brett Gardner wasn't doing well. Still going to cheer him on. Not going to hate on him because I love Brett Gardner. But that was a bad example. DJ LeMayhew. Say DJ LeMayhew starts to suck. And maybe you're like, oh, we don't want DJ LeMahieu at second base. Let's put Tyler Wade in at second base. And then Tyler Wade comes in and makes an error. And they're like, oh, no, we want DJ back. No, just cheer for everyone. Support. Love. Your team. I mean, this is, this is Gary Sanchez, Austin Romine all over again. And it's just, just stop. Gary Sanchez is one of, if not the best hitting catchers in baseball. Austin Romine is a really nice catcher. He's a fantastic backup. He's probably going to make a, a decent starter for Detroit, uh, but he's not a starting catcher on a, on a contending team. Not unless there's just this huge gaping hole in the lineup. He's a nice hitter. He's a nice major leaguer. He's not Gary Sanchez, though. Stop rooting for one catcher or the other. Just be glad that they both get enough at-bats to stay relevant. I agree. I agree. And I am solely, solely a stan of fangirling over your entire team. Absolutely. John Carlos Stanton also gets it really badly and he's been great this year. So I'm happy. Uh, don't tell me to trade John Carlo or DFA this bum at $25 million a year. I really don't think you know how DFAs work. I really don't. We're going to end up paying $25 million a year for John Carlos Stanton to play against us. That's a bad decision. And you're dumb. Very. Very bad decision. Very I mean, bad. this guy, when this guy gets hot, he's far and away the best hitter in the league. When he gets on that two-week stretch where he's seeing the ball really well, there is nobody in baseball who hits better than him. And then he's got to line up with Aaron Judge and Stanton back-to-back. And you know what? I think other players are going to opt out of the season so they don't have to pitch to them. 
it's listen, it's not the worst idea in the world. If you're worried about getting a contract next year and you see your next start is lined up against Judge and Stanton, it's gonna really drive up your ERA. Oh, I don't think I want that. Tightness. Yeah, oh, you got the the David Price wrist soreness from playing too much Fortnite. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, I oh, man, this lineup, and I said it last night on Twitter, is absurd. I just, it, it's unfair almost. It really is. Because imagine when Gary Sanchez gets hot again, he's batting seventh or eighth. What? Yeah, I, that's just dumb. That's just stupid. <laughs> but where else are you going to put him? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Just and you way know too what? much There's, talent. We really want the season to actually happen because we really want the Yankees to get a chance to win the World Series. Absolutely. Uh, along those lines, some peripheral Yankees news since the Atlanta Braves are now technically in our division. Uh, or in our conference, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Mike Soroka yesterday tore his Achilles uh, out for the season, and now the Braves pitching staff is looking pretty thin. Well, first of all, that is a horrific injury in oh, general. It was ugly. And it I, was hated, I hated watching it. It was devastating to watch. I, I saw originally, I just saw his reaction, so he's limping towards the line and then just got down on his knees, and you knew right away it was the Achilles, just the way he was walking and uh, the pressure that he was trying to put on certain parts of his leg. Um, but then I saw how he actually did it and it's just, oh, just, just a rough break for a really talented kid who is, I mean, he was, he was the face of their rotation and that's, you know, if the Yankees get matched up with the Atlanta Braves in the playoffs, that's who you're seeing day one. It's going to be Garrett Cole, Mike Soroka. Now it won't be Their Their staff is looking pretty thin. They also DFA'd Mike Fulton last week. Uh, seems like the kind of guy who, get him with a co- pitching coach like Matt Blake maybe unlocks that that flash of potential we saw when he was actually good last year maybe he unlocks that so I wouldn't hate if the Yankees took a flyer on him uh, but maybe the Braves will have to have to take him back now that they don't actually have enough starting pitching right and um, I know that we I had talked about this with you over text but first of all do you have anything else from baseball news that you want to share uh, just my Padres update Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'll make it quick, just real fast. Uh, They won some wild ones. They're playing a lot of extra inning games. They're coming back in late game rallies, uh, which is a lot of fun to watch unless you're on the East Coast in which those games don't end until two o'clock in the morning. If I can respectfully request that the Padres start winning their games earlier, uh, I think that would be great for everyone involved. Uh, Trent Grisham is absolutely amazing. They got him for a steal from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, for Luis Urias, who's going to be probably going to be a pretty decent major leaguer. Uh, but Trent Grisham is just destroying the ball right now. Uh, they steal bases whenever they want, and they always get there. Second, third, like they just go. And it's fantastic to watch. It's just so much fun. Uh, Larry Rothschild kind of ruined their bullpen. Was a team strength last year, one of the best in the league. This year, they've given up a lot of late leads. and It's not looking too hot. Uh, You see Larry taking his trot out to the mound quite often this year. At least he's finally wearing a mask. He wasn't doing that in the beginning. And as of today, one of their top prospects, number three prospect, Luis Patino, is getting called up for a bullpen role. He is going to be so much fun to watch. Probably sitting 96 with the fastball with some good life, some good breaking stuff. He's going to be a fantastic addition to that bullpen. And I hope Larry doesn't fuck him up too. That's my Padres update. Oh, you took way too long. I had a really good pun, and then you just took way too long, and now it doesn't make sense anymore. But oh, whatever. Man. I could I could have put it off the Padre. What was the pun? I want to hear it. 
I guess you could say this is the wild, wild west. <laughs> oh, boy. They're out on the west coast. Oh, boy. Yes. Yes, I do get that. And um, Chris Paddock's nickname is the sheriff, so it really fits. See? Oh, my gosh. Perfect. Um, so, yes, I was discussing today because I've seen people um, – you know, put in their, their faces for the cardboard cutouts, which we, I have, first of all, I have a ton of questions about the cardboard cutouts, just in general. Um, you know, like what, what are you supposed to do after it rains? Like, do you leave them out there? Do you take them inside? I don't really know. Um, I mean, do they, do they, are they interchangeable? I, I'm not sure. I just, I think, I, they're so just I think they're just there all year. Cause I know, Watching watching the Oakland games, I know there's a stuffed animal of a baby Yoda behind home plate, and I I see it there all the time. I don't think it's been moved once. Uh, I mean, Oakland Ooh. doesn't really get a lot of rain this time of year, but I don't think they move them. Well, anyway, so I did see though that um, at the I believe it was the A's and Mariners game, one of the cardboard cutouts was Steve Bartman, which I thought was kind of funny, but I was like. Can you imagine if you could buy cardboard cutouts to put in opposing team stadiums to mock the other team? How much would you pay for that? Would you do it, first of all? Oh, I would absolutely do that. Um, I guess maybe Bill Buckner for, for the Red mm-hmm. Sox. That would okay. be a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we I talked don't... about Jeffrey Mayer. Um, putting him in the short porch at Yankee stadium only for Orioles games, only for O's games. Yeah. But then I, I, I mean, they're not even doing cardboard cutouts, which sucks because they can be a little bit of fun. Um, and instead of cardboard cutouts on the uh, Fox national games, we're getting virtual fans, which are so dumb, so dumb. Um, but yeah, I, I just, confused. I don't know who else we would, who else we would do besides Jeffrey Mayer or maybe Aaron Boone could be in Fenway. Uh, maybe put them, yeah, yeah, put them, put them up in the, in the outfield stands. Right. Um, I was thinking that maybe we could do a Zach Hample one at some point in the stadium and then have like security chase after a home run ball and just (laughs) pick them over. That would be fun. Oh man. That was, I, I, that guy's whole vibe. I just don't really like, (laughs) like, here's the other question too. Like if Houston did it, I would buy multiple cardboard cutouts of just various trash cans, like Oscar the Grouch. And other trash cans. I don't know any other trash cans. Yeah, personally. I mean, there's just no way they would allow that. <laughs> like they just—it would just be so great. I mean, they threw out somebody with a sign in spring training about about trash cans, and they were like, "Sir, you can't have this sign here. You have to leave the facility." I was like, "All right, like you really you think we're going to be able to find... sneak cardboard cutouts by them?" <laughs> no, no, you just have to find the one weak link in the Houston Astros cardboard cutout um, crew, and just be like, "Hey, listen." If I pay you some extra money, would you please put this right behind home plate or right behind the dugout? We just want to make them feel more at home. And you yeah, know probably what? actually be pretty easy because if we know anything about the Houston Astros, it's that they do not give a shit about integrity. Exactly. So I feel like that's something we could definitely do. But I mean, if anyone has any other ideas of trolls, like I was, well, this is not the same, but like in Cleveland, you could literally do cardboard cutouts of midges when the Yankees come into town but how would you find out their midges you would have to do giant midges in each seat or you could just do you could do Jabba Chamberlain surrounded by midges oh yeah people would just kind of they just kind of recognize it 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, there, there, also there's our daily Jabba reference. Yes, win. But yes, um, there are so many different options and I feel like we're not using the cardboard cutout system as we should. We should be using it to troll other teams. And I think there's so many different funny, hilarious, perfect options instead of people just, you know, oh my gosh, this is my adorable little son, which is cute, by the way. I love seeing that. I also love seeing pictures of people's dogs and cats. I like the dogs. Like I like the dogs yeah, a lot. Exactly. But I would love to see some trolling. So I think we got to step it up a little bit if we're not going to be at the stadiums. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to do some research, see who we can get for the AL and NL East opponents. Um, I don't really like what we, what would we do for the race? I can't imagine like, They've been irrelevant for a really long time, and I just can't mm-hmm. imagine that that we would have some kind of inside joke that would work in in Tropicana Field. I mean, besides the fact that they have the trashiest stadium, I mean, we wouldn't even bother with a cardboard cutout because it would probably disintegrate if it touched the ground. Absolutely, they actually got caught with the catwalk today. Uh, Rafael Dever was just trying to field a, a pop up in foul territory that hit the catwalk. Um, I think they still called it foul anyway, but like. I mean, how how do you have a catwalk where a ball can be hit? It just doesn't make any sense to me. When you were designing the stadium, no one was like, hey, like, the ceiling is pretty close. Like, are we sure that, that we want to do this? Like, are we sure we want to put this here? Or maybe we can find some other architectural way to do this? Like, no, no one's ever going to hit it up there. Well, they did it. And we've been suffering with it for years. So, go figure. It's just, it's just so stupid. It makes me so mad. Angry. Irrationally angry, for sure. Irrationally angry. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's all I got for Yankees, MLB, Padres update. What do you got? Nothing. I've nothing? got nothing. I'm just looking forward to, I mean, obviously, doubleheaders are not my favorite thing in the world to watch, but I will certainly watch because it is baseball. And I'm in the process of making a new TikTok. So please stay tuned. Stay tuned. Allison Case, the queen of Yankees TikTok, firing off some real hot ones lately. So this one's actually not going to be Yankees TikTok. It's going to be MLB TikTok. Um, So it encompasses everyone. And I feel like we all are going to appreciate it. So feel free to check it out because I'm working real hard at it. Yeah. Going to blow up in another 40,000 views plus. Yeah, I know. That was actually, I was quite shocked. Like I, I just recorded it and I was like, yeah, this is not going to do anything. And then all of a sudden I went on like 20 minutes later and I was like, oh no. That's how, that's how I feel about my tweets. Anytime I tweet something that I put like a decent amount of thought into and be like, yeah, like this is pretty, it's pretty topical. I think it's pretty funny. It gets like five likes. And then I tweet some stupid shit about if Iowa has roads and it gets 5,000. too, probably. Yeah, with a typo, and it gets yes. like five thousand likes, a thousand retweets, and I got the entire state of Iowa in my mentions. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why everyone loves this and nobody likes my my regular listen, topical listen, James, humor. Fame is so hard, and I've learned that you gain fame when you do the least amount of stuff possible. The more you think about something, the less famous it will get. That's fair. Just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see if something sticks. It's honestly true. I just yelled in my TikTok and voila, I'm, I had to call my mom and be like, mom, can you get me in the witness protection program? I'm famous. 
absolutely. Um, also, thank you to Padres Twitter. They left us a few five-star reviews. So if Yankees Twitter wants to step it up a little bit, yeah, I, still, I still look at the numbers and I still know how many of you listen but haven't given us a five-star review yet. Uh, so let's go, guys. We see you out there. We know. We know you're listening. All right. Well, I think we're done for today. Yep, that'll wrap it up. Uh, I got nothing else. So I will see you next week. Sounds good. Bye.